So what is it you wanted to call this episode again? I wanted to call this, does Netrun- I'm sorry, does Android Netrunner suck after 10 years? So this is a 100% clickbait title. I don't care. Damn. 10 years since Android mm. Netrunner came out in Ooh. 2012 at the time of this recording. And the, the funny thing is, is we were heavy into this game before we even started this podcast. And this game probably helped spawn the podcast because it gave so, us something to talk about. Yeah. So blame Fantasy Flight FFG, Fantasy Flight Games for this. 10 years later, <laughs> Ten years. they are responsible. They canceled Android Netrunner and they maybe we should have taken a clue from them, but I, I'm not saying we should have. I'm just saying. Uh, right. So it, what's interesting is I remember that when the show first started, we had this running thing where we had to mention Android Netrunner at least once per episode. Mm -hmm. And we kept that up for several months because we were playing so much. This was... So you and I got into board gaming through card games and we played so many different card games. And that was kind of during a, a period where we weren't really into a competitive card game at the time. No. And so we were kind of hungry for one. And I, th I think literally within the first or second play of this game, both you and I were hooked. It took us a little bit to get past. I mean, the rules we felt were very complicated coming off of Lord of the Rings, the, you know, the collectors, uh, the TCG collectors game. It was like, oh my gosh, this is so complicated. They're well, using terms. Coming off Lord of the Rings from eight years previous, we were probably about that time just finishing up our kind of obsession with uh, the World of Warcraft CCG, yeah, which was a lot simpler too. And and it's the terms. Root. What what are they talking about here? You know, we had to relearn all of our terms, all of the definitions, and we're like, why can't they just call it a discard pile? <laughs> yeah. So for those who don't know, this game is basically uh, a two player only card game. One side, so, it's set as like a cyberpunk type universe. So one person plays as like a hacker that they call a runner. And the other person plays as a corporation. And the whole goal of the game is, is that the corporation is trying to they got agendas in place. They want to score some agendas. They got, a, some, they got something they want to get done. Agendas are represented by cards. The hacker wants to get into their system and steal those agendas and keep them from getting them themselves. And the, basically the whole goal of the game is, is the first person to get a certain amount of agenda points, mm -hmm. quote, uh, will actually win the game. But both sides play totally different, which I think was one of the things that really drew us into it. Yes. And I think from the standpoint of one of the keys that we always bring forward with the Lord of the Rings was the, the resource management on how to pay for cards. And I believe for me, Android Netrunner gave me that same similar feel that here I am. It's tight resources. I need to spend them, even though you're not generating them for me, like we would in Lord of the Rings, uh, TCG, I had to generate it and only so many cards or I had to waste turns doing that. And mm -hmm. it was a, it was a very tight balance I need to be able to do this. And something that we always enjoy is that bluffing mechanic, which we enjoyed in Lord of the Rings, which we didn't have in WoW. In my opinion, you know. What no, I no, I, I agree, which is, to me, you remember one, that, it's interesting because so many times over the past 10 years when we review a game and there's some sort of bluffing, lots of times you don't like that sort of thing. 
You don't, I don't like that it, hidden stuff, right? No, 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 no. You're you're thinking there's a difference between social bluffing, like, oh, can I read your face? Can I, that you know? Oh, yeah, the the whole that oh, kind of okay. stuff versus playing cards, playing poker. That is part of the game. That is, and it's not so much. I can usually figure out based on the information presented in front of me when you're playing a card game or something along that versus a social deduction game where I simply have very little knowledge. Mm, okay. Okay. I see and, what you're saying. And, and what's, what's, what's really interesting is the way the game is designed and, and by the way, this game, uh, I believe Richard Garfield was the original designer in the nineties and FFG got the game, uh, the rights to it and put it under their, uh, IP called Android, which was kind of mm-hmm. like their cyberpunk thing. So uh, when they got it and, and we learned how to play it, what was interesting was that the runners' cards were visible to the corporation. You know, they saw everything. They saw the, there's this concept of building a rig. It's building out your hardware with these programs that you can use to try to attack the corporation's servers. But the corporation, all most of their stuff is hidden, right? So they're playing cards mm-hmm. face down on the table. And that's the bluffing mechanic you're talking about. When a runner wants to run into a server, they have no clue what type of traps or anything they're going to run into uh, until they actually start doing it. So that's where the whole bluffing thing comes in because the whole, you could have what I think is an agenda there and it's actually a trap that if I actually get there, it hurts me instead. But there's also, I also think that the runner has some bluffing mechanism. Even when I try to run on you, how far am I really wanting? I may be wanting you to spend credits. I know I can get, but I had no intention of doing that, but I need you to deplete so that possibly I'm faking, I'm I'm juking you. I'm going to go to that server versus going to one I really want to get to. Ah, uh, so I see what you're saying, and what you mean by uh, like I as a runner, you're making me decide. Do I want to what's called res this res. piece mm-hmm. of ice? And ice is something that keeps the runner from getting to the server, and but it costs me resources to do so. So you could run on a server with the intentions of making me spend all my resources, then jump to another server in your next action, and mm-hmm. I no longer have the resources to protect myself from you going on that run over there. Because maybe I read something in your face that says, hey, here he is putting down a card, and he looks up quickly and is like, did you see me put that card down? <laughs> no, there, there's no card here. There's no server here. Don't ignore this pile over here. You need to be concentrating where I've put all this ice on this ambush trap yeah. so that you know that you're going, to, you're going to die from meat damage. And we're using terms from the game, and I downloaded the rules recently, and I just forgot – I mean, we, we've been playing um, the skinny down version of the rules. I had forgotten just how much is in there based on all the expansions. Oh, heaven. Yeah. So th- the reason why we're even talking about this is because uh, we, we stopped playing Netrunner after how many years do you think we're really involved? Two years? Two Maybe years. Two? It, it was honestly, it was about the point where there were so many expansions come out. You and I couldn't keep up for, you know, for the longest time we were in the competitive scene. In Charlotte, we would go to turn. Well, I mean, you laugh, but we would go to game stores and play mm-hmm. in tournaments and pay to play. I mean, that's not something I did a lot of, and you didn't do a lot of either. And we were actually out there playing competitively when we could keep up with the card pool and the meta. But at some point in time, so many expansions came out that I, I personally just couldn't keep up 
with all the different type of deck builds anymore. And it came uh, a little bit too much for me. And then you remember FFG started having some issues to where they started saying, all right, well, you can't use this card. Mm -hmm. and you can only have one copy of this card. And then it kind of got a, became a jumbled mess, in my opinion. Which we've encountered with other card games that we've played. So when you mm -hmm. get to that, that's when you break us. That's when we, we back away and say, okay, you know, if you had just left it alone, we know you want to bring people in and constantly keep it um, fresh. Mm -hmm. But I, I, we didn't need it to be fresh. But you're absolutely right. It, we were. I felt competitive. I felt going into a tournament, I actually had a chance to win. And when I'd walk away with even a participation prize, I felt good, like a mat. Well, because we, you and I knew the cards so well. You know, when you play competitively in a game like that, and somebody plays a card and you don't have to read the text because you just know the cards. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I know what that does. I know what that does. Uh, that sort of, when you have that good feeling about a game, even though you may lose the game, you still feel really kind of good uh, about what you did. And uh, so, so anyway, so we, we stopped playing. And then uh, in 2018, Fantasy Flight uh, Games announced that their partnership with Wizards of the Coast to license Netrunner had ended. So they were no longer going to sell uh, any uh, Netrunner uh, merchandise. So it was done over with. So I was actually catching up on this. In August and September of 2021, last year, Wizards of the Coast renewed the trademarks for both the physical and digital Netrunner goods and content. So everybody was getting excited. Oh my gosh, is, is Wizards going to res a Netrunner and re-release it? But then earlier this year in February, Wizards filed a notice of abandonment for the trademark application. Like, okay, no, we're not going to do anything with it. So we thought it was kind of dead and done. However, Netrunner was so popular, there was a group of players out there that got together that wanted to keep the game alive, even so much as doing some print and play cards where they took text from the old uh, Android Netrunner cards and redid them with some new art and everything and started doing like a print-on-demand uh, sort of system where people could still play the game. So a couple months ago, I had posted something about Netrunner, and one of the people from this company, Null Signal Games, which is the, the, the group that now kind of runs uh, the resurrection of Netrunner, contacted me and said, hey, that's really cool that you like Netrunner. Did you know we had this over, over here? Would you guys be interested in checking out our starter decks? Mm -hmm. And I asked you and you went, yeah, sure. Of course. Absolutely. So they sent, so they sent them to us. And over the past three or four weeks, you and I bought, you and I've been trying to get together every week and re-experiencing Netrunner. <laughs> like you said, there was a steep learning curve, but kind of once we got over the learning curve, woo, we, we were back into it. Yes. Yes. We were back into it. We were enjoying it. We were feeling the uh, excitement we got from dealing with the cards, seeing how we could uh, outthink each other. You know, we're sitting here. Oh, okay. I got Marty on the ropes. Oh no, he just turned it on me. And, and it's fun getting it, going back to one of the games you love and seeing it in a new uh, setting. A new setting. It's the same new, setting. I know. But what I'm saying is, for us, we are much older. We've, okay. uh, we've experienced a lot more. So uh, the setting gotcha. is different for us instead of coming off of some, uh, another card game. Oh, here's another card game. You've been playing Lord of the Rings, Arkham Horror, those types of living card games. For me, I've kind of abandoned all that mm -hmm. except for Lord of the Rings. And it's just like, okay, well, we've been doing a lot of board games. So now it's kind of like taking the board games and moving to the card games and getting it back into that arena. 
Yeah. Now, you and I did play uh, Ashes for a little while. I think I'll probably play more than you. That was probably the oh, last yeah. competitive game uh, that I was into, and I really enjoyed it. But after revisiting Netrunner, I realized, crap, this was a really, really good game. And I think it was probably this game that got me to realize I like games with asymmetric gameplay, meaning where people have different actions and stuff that they do on their turn. And that's what's one of the learning curves with this game is the actions the runner takes and the number of actions they have on their turn is totally different than the actions that the corporation take. And so you literally have to play, learn how to play as the runner. Then you got to learn how to play as the corporation. And if you play this game, you have to build two separate decks. Because typically mm-hmm. when you play, you'll play as one or the other and then swap and then and then play two games. Typically in tournament situations, you play two games. Right. And I think that also was another reason why we stopped. It got to the point where we could not keep track of all the various metas out there that were going on that you needed to be prepared for. How could you defend? Or here comes this card, and you're like, oh, what does this do? And overwhelming. It became overwhelming, but the core game was solid. And I I do wonder, though, if we had just stuck with core, going back to the thing where, you know, keeping it fresh, would it have become stale? You know, because we we even talked about that, having played a couple of these games, is like, all right, we're ready for more cards. But that's because we've played Android Netrunner. Do we mm-hmm. want to bring in some of our favorite cards? So I was actually looking up on Null Signal Games. And if you want to look in our uh, show notes, I'll have a link to uh, this website. They've been making expansions and everything over the past oh, couple of years. Okay. Yeah. And what they sent us was, uh, they had this organized really well. They sent us the starter, which was uh, one runner deck, one corporation deck. And the way they have it set up, they said, all right, start here. Okay, here's your uh, runner cards. Here is your corporation cards. All right, and then there's a card that says, stop, don't go any further. You don't need any other mm-hmm. cards. Just use these two decks. The extra cards that they sent us are now using for modifying and building your deck. So for like 50 bucks or less, you can get a, a big stack of cards just to get started into the game. And it's a nonprofit organization. Basically, you're just paying what the cost is on print on demand. And all these people just love the game so much that they're just supporting it. Uh, the community supporting it by commissioning artists uh, to make some art and and working with play testers to test new types of cards and everything like that. And so every so often they'll release new cards and they have several different formats with one of them being you can only use the new cards that we make. Another one is kind of a legacy where you can use our cards plus any of the old Netrunner cards, which will probably be too overwhelming for me. Oh, couldn't even keep right. I'm lucky I found my old cards and it has already picked back up in our Charlotte area. We've got tournaments going on. Yes. We had, there was a net uh, runner Facebook group that was very active 10 years mm-hmm. ago and it's kind of cranking back up again. And one of our local game stores is starting to have regular play. In fact, somebody in our discord channel said, uh, who was in Charlotte said that he's getting back into it and playing uh, regularly. Now <laughs> you're talking about finding cards. Check this out. Hold on. Uh-oh. Uh, so I found this binder uh, mm-hmm. right here. Hold on. It's a, it's a what? A, like a two-inch three-ring it, binder. It, wait a minute. Hold on. Is it a blue binder? It's black. I, oh, it should, you it disappoint been, me. It should have been blue. But inside is the uh, all my corporation cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and by the way, it's Ultra Pro Sheets. Mm-hmm. Even back then, 10 years ago, I was using Ultra Pro. 
and I have them color coded. You see the color tabs here based on the uh, type of corporation because there's a bunch of different type of corporations. And I was wanting to go back and find these because you and I are going to play a Terminal Directive, which is like a legacy style game that Android Netrunner released several years ago, right? In 2017, they re they released that, and it is you and the corporation. There has been a death, and whoever can figure out how this happened is going to win the game. But there are cards in the system that you do not get access to until you play them later, uh, or until certain steps have been solved, or along those lines, things become unhidden to you. And they recommend you you use one core set, which we can talk about why that's important, and then their base cards that they've included. And then they have other decks in there that you can use. But I have, a, I have an issue. Uh-oh, okay. So I, I went on eBay looking for a core set, just a base core set. I, I still have mine, but I was kind of curious. And then I went on eBay and looking at Terminal Directive. That thing is selling for over $100. Are you serious? Some base Android sets are up. I don't know if they've... Closed. I didn't do, you know, um, finalized. Com completed, yeah. Completed. They are. They were around a hundred dollars. I'm like, this cannot be right. These are buy it nows. I'm like, who is paying this? You know, who would go out and? But if the Android net runner scene is ramping up, then maybe there are people who are wanting to do that. And I'm like, you know, screw it. What's a hundred dollars to me? It's it's what? Uh, uh, did you take the shrink off? Oh yeah, I took it off back in 2017. Oh, well, look, if you want to sell it for a hundred bucks, it's a hundred bucks. I'm okay with that. <laughs> that's one board game. That's one video game. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Did you find any core sets are on sale? No, I couldn't get any core sets because I, I was looking for that one card that's missing in my core set. And yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. So here, here's the thing. You, you said, uh, what's the name of it? Terminal? Uh, toolbox. Toolbox. Uh, it's called a toolbox. It's a terminal type card, I believe is what it is. Um, you said, hey, did I let you borrow that? Because here's the problem with the original core set of mm -hmm. Android Netrunner was that some cards you got three copies of, some you got two, some you got one. And of course, the best cards, you know, one of them being Scorched Earth, everybody wanted three of those. So you'd have to buy three core sets in order to do that. Now, luckily, uh, Fantasy Flight's gotten beyond that. They stopped doing that several years ago, but for many years, they had it where you had to buy multiple core sets to get everything. So I came home to look for Toolbox, and I immediately found this binder with all the corp, uh, corporation cards. I have no clue where my binder is with the runner, and I'm very frustrated. That day, I came home after lunch, after we, you and I had lunch and we played. Mm. I was tearing the basement apart looking for what I believe is a white binder mm. with all my runner cards. And I have no clue where it is. And I have no clue why that binder wasn't sitting beside this one on the shelf. So I'm kind of freaking out. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm trying, I'm trying to no, no, because here's the thing I want to play. So I need to find this. And if you can't get the core box anymore, I mean, that's fine. Thank you to null signal games. I have, you know, there's a new pool of cards that I can pull from. But um, I'm I'm very frustrated, and now I'm going to tear the basement apart looking for what I assume is another binder down there with uh, hundreds and hundreds of cards in it. Because because after thinking about it and meditating on it a little bit, 
You bought an additional core. I bought an additional core. Mm-hmm. And where you would get, um, we bought it so that we could share where there weren't, we could split and have three of everything but the uniques. We would each have two. And this way we could share other ones. There was some way that we did that to where, okay, now I have four of this. So you, so somehow we were able to do it. I don't know, but I found a whole bunch of base cards just floating around the house. Oh my gosh. I, I am, I was literally sick to my stomach and, uh, I, Vanessa was like, what are you doing? It's like, there, I, I, I don't know where this binder is. And I'm, I'm upset. It's like, there's no way I would have thrown this away. I would have not. I'm, I'm a pack rat. I don't throw anything away. I don't know whether I took, and there's no way I would have taken all the cards out of the binder. No, no way. Not when I, I just don't. Okay. Anyway, I'm frustrated. I want to play terminal directive. We would, uh, because, <laughs> well, here to answer the click break question, the title was what does nut an Android net runner suck after 10 years? It does not because mm-hmm. after us playing for several weeks, I was totally enjoying our games during lunch. Now during lunch, oh, yeah. we would, we would just play uh, one or the other corporation or runner and just play. That's another nice thing about these games. Things like Lord of the Rings and Arkham Horror take entirely too long now. We can easily play one game of Netrunner in probably 30 minutes. Yes. Absolutely. And even the last time that we played, I found my last time I had constructed decks. I found a pre-constructed uh, runner incorporation and I let you, and we played those and I'm like, oh, because those were what I consider finely tuned decks. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I remember playing these things. That, uh, uh, that was uh, I, that was fun finding that. I, yeah, I can find pre, I can find those pre-built decks and tokens that I bought years ago, but I can't find a binder with all the other cards in it. So uh, just while we were while you were talking, I was going on eBay to see the completed auctions, and things aren't actually what they seem. People are posting them, hoping to clickbait people into buying this. Mm-hmm. But I'm like watching ones, this video. Exactly, fifty dollars didn't sell. Fifty dollars. So here's a core uh. set. Here's a core set that sold for $45, you know? Um, and then, but some of the older packs, some of the older ones yeah. that, you know, as Android Netrunner was dying out, our feet are getting uh, higher prices mm-hmm. because they, because those did not sell as well as the ones in the beginning. So therefore getting one, like I'm looking here and it was like um, uh, blood and water data pack. Okay. That somebody bought that for fifty dollars, mm. and I and I don't remember that data pack. Yeah, well, again, you and I yeah. were out of it, and so we weren't uh, collecting anymore. So that may have been one of the late, later ones, right? And there was in in twenty seventeen, they also re released Android Netrunner for a second edition. I forgot about that. That's right. It was uh, it was just the core set again. Now mm-hmm. I can't remember. Did they include three of everything? I don't remember. I have no idea. But that was in 2017, the same time they released Terminal Directive. Right, and then in 2018 they lost the ability to print any more Netrunner, and they just pulled the whole product line, mm-hmm. uh, which is a shame. And, and that's where. Well, here's the thing: is I, I guess with this Null Signal Games. Uh, you can go out and buy their starter decks and everything and start fresh from there without buying mm-hmm. any of the old stuff. Right. Now, did the did Null Signal Games have all the cards from the core set? I, I don't think they do. 
I, I don't think so. I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how they decided what went in those starter decks and those initial expansions. Some of them are new cards. Some of them are reprints of the uh, cards they used to have. And I guess they pick and choose to try to keep it fair and balanced. Uh, mm-hmm. So they don't, you know, create uh, like where something needs to be nerfed. I think right. there's enough in the community saying, okay, don't include this card because this could cause problems down the road with something else. So does it suck after 10 years? It sucks in the standpoint that it may suck me back in. I know. I was I was honestly not expecting this. And then all these memories started coming back. I was telling you when we played, uh, the deck that you were playing, that corporation deck that I gave you, mm-hmm. was a somewhat of this really wild combo deck that I had. I remember playing in a tournament one time. And it was one of these things where if I got the right cards in play, it was an instant win for me. And it was crazy how I had to pull it off. I had to get certain cards into play, play this card where I would discard my entire draw deck, have another card where I could go through my discard pile to pull out cards to go back into my draw pile, be able to draw those cards in my hand. And then with those cards, I was able to deal enough damage uh, to mm-hmm. the runner in order to kill him. Because what, what, and by the way, I did that a couple times and people got so mad at this deck. Well, they should. They hated it. In fact, when I sometimes I would say it's getting ready to happen, and they just like, well, just stop, don't even do it, because I know what you're getting ready to do. And after that, I say, okay, I'm tearing the deck apart. I said people aren't having fun playing against this. It was clever, it was cute how you could pull it off, but I I stopped using it. Re- regardless, all those memories are coming back of, of playing and building these really cool decks and combos. And one thing I really appreciated too was talking about dealing enough damage to to you. Each side had different ways to win. Mm-hmm. Where if if the uh, one way the runner could lose is if uh, the corporation did either net brain or some uh, meat damage to where the runner has to discard cards from their hand. If they're ever told to discard a card and they have nothing in their hand, they immediately lose. One way for the corporation to lose is at the beginning of every turn, they have to always draw a card. If they ever go to draw a card from their draw deck and the draw deck doesn't exist, they lose. So it's these really clever clever different ways that both could win. And you could build decks to mill the corporation's deck to get them to lose. Mm-hmm. Likewise, the corporation could build decks to do just tons of damage to the runner in order to try to kill them that way. And I think, I mean, going over that, and I think one of the other aspects that I enjoyed is when you were going into that deck, there was always the ability, well, almost always the ability depends on the card. I like the aspect where you could pull a card from the corporation and then pay to destroy it. We didn't have that in other, you know, games so much. So I found that to be very entertaining at times, you know, to want to wait. Once again, you pull that card. That's that bluffing. No, I'm not going to deal with that. You know, and it's like, and the corporation like, oh, great. It's going to be another piece of ice I don't need. Or, oh, my heavens, you know, I should have trashed it, but I don't have the credits. You were always constantly having to make hard decisions on both sides of this. Mm-hmm. And what was Challenge. so clever? What was so clever? We talked about the, uh, a lot of people that said the barrier to this game is the nomenclature or the, or the terms, which I, I totally yeah. agree. There's no such thing as a draw deck or a discard pile. There's a grip and an HQ. There's an archive and there's a, there's a stack, <laughs> you know, there, there, there's a heap. All these rev- are referenced to things that you commonly understand as a, your hand, your draw pile, your discard pile. And I thought we'll never be able to remember all this, but you do because that's how the cards reference everything. 
So when I run on your HQ, what that means is, is I'm trying to access a card from your hand. If I get to your hand, I can blindly draw a card. And if it's an agenda, I get it. If it's something I could trash, you know, I could do that too. Or if I run on your R&D, that's just, if I get to it, I get to draw a card off the top of your deck. Or you can also run on a person's discard pile, their archives. Uh, and as a corporation, you got to protect all of them. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure that you, everything's, I mean, you don't want people to data breach you. You got, that's just a uh, PR nightmare. <laughs> oh, bad publicity. But there you I, go. See, there's all these weird, t- you could give like the corporation bad publicity. Then there's this whole concept of doing traces of the corporation on the runner where you could tag them. There was a lot to this game. To And I remember the first t- couple times you and I played, we were slowly going through the rules. And eventually with anything, it becomes second nature. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that when we dug this game out again, after so many years of not playing, it's like, whoa, I don't remember any of this. But as we got more familiar with it, it's like, okay, yeah, I remember how to do a trace. He's going to do a trace on me. Let's do it. Let's, let's, I'll, here's my link strength. We're going to blind bid and see who wins the trace. And then when you did it, when we had to do it the other day, I'm like, wait, what? Blind bid? I got to do what? Okay, fine. And I had the upgraded tokens still. I could, I couldn't find everything, but I could find upgraded tokens. I can't find my normal tokens. I got probably three boxes of that. I'm like, geez, that's unreal. Oh, two, the game is a lot of fun for us card players from that standpoint because I think it's a chess match and mm. we enjoy that. And that's really what it breaks down for me is a chess match to see how well I can bluff my way to force you to do things you don't want to do. And did I build a deck strong enough to be able to handle any situation that either you as the runner show it, throw at me, or I throw at you as a runner? Did I have enough to break through your eyes and deal with that? So that's, that's why it, it brings back so many fond memories. It's just those challenges. And somewhere in this house, there are two play mats that have all the terms laid out on them. Somewhere. So I, I <laughs> Did you find so- that? No, it's a a mat you printed out, right? Because I have a picture on Facebook of this big mat that you printed out on one of your large printers at work. Oh, Uh, that was was early on. It was a picture from your local game store when they used to be at a place in Matthews that we played. And there's a picture of us learning the game with these big paper mats that you printed out. But you, I think we bought neoprene mats, right? Yeah, I was going to say, didn't we have neoprene? I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to go see and find it. I'm finding maps from games that have been defunct. This one game that we saw at Gen Con one time that's gone. It's, I got that mat. Um, and then uh, somewhere I did find a 20, uh, uh, let's see, 2014 tournament map. I have that sitting somewhere. I did find that one the other day. I used it to secure a rug in the house because the neoprene sticks to the hardwood floors. The grip. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but you're ruining your map. I know it was only for a few days. No big deal. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, after 10 years, this is still probably one of the best competitive card games I've ever played because mm-hmm. in that time I've played a lot of other competitive card games. I've tried, I think every one that FFG released since then, like um, legend of the five rings, um, et cetera. We played ashes. We played like Doom town. We've played a lot of different competitive before and after Netrunner. after revisiting it. It's still one of the best competitive two player competitive game card games I've ever played. Yeah, I agree. 
and it's one of the easiest for me to pick up and remember how to play it and Which want is, to go deck build. I know. I know. Thing is, though, I, I'm wondering, you know, I guess it's, it's interesting. And now we have these options. You know, we got these existing cards that we have, but it'd also be fun, too, to maybe buy another set of uh, the, the starter decks in that uh, bundle from Null mm-hmm. Signal Games. And each of us have one and try to build with just some of the new cards. Because there's yes. plenty of cards in there to to build something too, and again, uh, that's not too expensive to do. So I, I'm in. When you said, ter- and well, nice thing about Terminal Directive as a legacy game, it gives us a reason to play. Is mm-hmm. it, it's just kind of like, all right, let's just build a deck and just monkey around with it, and you know, kind of slowly get back into it. And after that, if we still want to continue playing, then we know it's like, well, okay, I've got a pool of cards here. We can just build a deck and get together for lunch like we've been doing and play every so often. Yeah, because only because uh, some of them are still tournament legal, so we could still bring those in from Terminal Directive. I did not know that until I was reading the rules. I'm like, oh, really? Okay, that's kind of interesting. Well, here's the thing: is will you go to any competitive stuff here in Charlotte? No, good God, no. no. I'm either. No. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not that invested because I still think some people here are super, super really into it, which is great. I'm mm-hmm. glad there's a community that's still thriving playing this game. But I'm not at that level anymore. Uh, a casual game here and there is what would make me happy. Uh, not the competitive stuff, because I remember I used to obsess over decks and building decks and tweaking decks. And I just don't have the mental capacity for that anymore. Hmm. I will say I would, if my if a schedule opened up to be able to do this, I would do it just for the fun of it to see the atmosphere again. Mm. Yeah. You know? And see what the participation trophy is. <laughs> okay, I'm 0-4. Thanks. Thanks for playing. It's Appreciate like, uh, it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to walk out now? Here we go. Who, who, wants, who wants a piece of this? Everybody does. Heck, I used to just go to just so I can get free promo cards and stuff like that. Because last time the participation was a, a token or a free promo card or something like that. So in that binder, do you have your Scorched Earth promo cards? Uh, hold sure. on. Let me you see. should. There should be three of them. I have a section in the back here uh, of a bunch of, I believe, are tournament style cards. Oh, you mean stuff like this? This works really well on a podcast, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You mean stuff like that, where it's like That's full, full art cards. Yeah. So the scorched earth promo cards. The first time that they came out with them, they were a different size. So you had to put everything in sleeves. Yep. Yep. And for some reason, um, I have a lot of these. Oh, we are getting them constantly. Okay, all right. So yeah, I have I have a ton of these. I got another. Um, I got another one too. It's uh, okay. yeah, that I remember. That's is what's is that scorched earth also? It's a it looks like they're on a moon. Yes. Yeah, and that was the second. So that was the the card for beating the runner to to create a whole bunch of damage, but. We, you had to wait for the next pack to come out, and then there were strategies around that. So you had to deal with it from that standpoint. Yeah, and then every runner, every runner had a certain like faction they were with, every, and they were different. Every corporation played totally different. And then you could splash in cards, some other stuff. There was a point value on the corporation or identity of the runner that says how many points you could splash in from other things. It was... Even deck building was really well laid out in this game too. 
There was a database. Oh, there were all kinds of stuff on the, on the webs that you could go in. Uh, yeah. There was a site that you could go and start building it and it would make sure it would calculate, okay, you can bring in this amount of cards because from another faction, you had certain limits that you could only use. And the, and the, of course, corporation had to have X amount of agendas in its hand based on card size. And you always were at the minimums on that because you didn't want to give the runner the chance to just mill out a whole bunch of agendas and win the game. A, a lot of interesting, uh, you know, I don't think I ever read the agendas when you scored them because that was all flavor text. <laughs> That's, when we was playing the other day, I ended, I ended up winning. And I think most of them I got by running on your, your draw deck or your mm-hmm. R&D. And I just got lucky and pulled the top card and then I would win. I was like, oh, I got lucky. And you're like, that's net runner. I mean, you know, it's like, I, you know, you think, well, I could have protected that better with more ice in front of it. So you couldn't get to it, but, but you didn't. And so, mm-hmm. and, what, and what's really cool is during that game is you had this one card that had a bunch of cards in front of it to protect it. And then another one that had hardly any, and that's part of the bluffing. It's like, mm-hmm. Did he put the agenda behind the one that doesn't have a lot of stuff thinking that I wouldn't run there? And there's something bad in the one with all the stuff that I would run through. You play all these really cool mind games. Mm-hmm. But you give it away. So that's, that's what I was mentioning at the beginning of this is there's that game of, come on, run on this because you think there's a lot there, but there's something special waiting for you. Oh, look. And one of the other things is, you could always discard something that you've never rezzed or, or flipped over and put it in your discard pile. And they like, well, did he just discard an agenda? Because you could do that. You could get rid of the ways because you know what's in your deck. And there were all these other strategies that you could play. There, there were just strategies all over the place. Yeah, so, yeah. So no, it does not suck. It does not suck after 10 years. And in fact, I am like trying to find my runner cards. I'm ready to build a deck play this terminal directive stuff and uh, just kind of get back into it. It is a solid game. Uh, This game was designed by, like I said, it was originally Richard Garfield and then Lucas Litzinger uh, was the one uh, from uh, fantasy flight who worked on it. And he left and went to wizards. And the idea was that he was going to resurrect Netrunner there, but nothing ever happened, but he's done a lot of good stuff. He did star Wars destiny, uh, which was the dice game uh, that I played for a bit. So uh, they just did a fantastic job on this. 10 years later, I think this is game is, is, I don't think it's lost anything for me. It's the Mm -hmm. things that I liked 10 years ago. I still like to this day. And now I want to play some more. So I don't know whether the clickbait title worked or not. (laughs) Shaking his head. No, No. but no way. Mm -hmm. This game does not suck after 10 years. And thanks to null signal games, there's plenty of life left in it. 